are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Locked On ACC. There's simply no better place to get all of your ACC conference news than the Locked On ACC podcast, hosted by Candace Cooper. Be sure to follow the Locked On ACC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcasts. So a ton to get to on the docket today for this Wednesday edition of the show. We'll start out with a positional breakdown, more specifically the wide receiving core. We'll talk to you about some... Uh, some players that we could see pop out of the woodwork and shine this season for the cards. And then we're going to transition into predicting the wins and losses of the Louisville football schedule for this fall. Uh, there will be some surprises that might shock you. Um, and then we'll finish out with talking about a possible addition that has been rumored for the Louisville basketball team uh, to join this fall and how that would affect not only the roster but the Louisville backcourt. Um we appreciate everyone who has tuned in the past two days of the show. Uh, it has gotten a ton of support that I am very grateful for. Uh, for those who aren't aware of who I am, I, like I said, my name is Dalton Pence. I am a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, as I, where I serve as a recruiting analyst and a feature writer. I'm formerly a part of Fansided's Big Red Louie and the State of Louisville, and I'm also the backup PA announcer for various University of Louisville sports, such as... Um, Soccer, baseball, lacrosse, field hockey, so on and so forth. You can check me out on Twitter at Deepens underscore. And you can also interact with the Twitter podcast page at LO underscore Louisville. So, like I said, there is a ton to get to today. We're going to start out with the wide receiving core just because that um, I, I think it's the number one position where a lot of people are starting to you know, get a little... I'm concerned about just because in the years past, you know, there's been such, you know, continuity when, when you've had Tutu Atwell, you've had Des Fitzpatrick, all of a sudden both of those guys are having to be replaced. Now, granted, it's not going to be, you know, by two different guys. It's going to have to be a by-committee approach, but um, I would caution you to, you know, get a little, pe- you know, pessimistic just because I think that there's a ton of talent inside of this um, wide receiving core. And as most know, Gunter Brewer is one of the best wide receiver, you know, wide receiver coaches in, in the country, in my opinion. So in terms of the starters, um, there's been a lot of praise coming out of you know the offseason for redshirt junior Justin Marshall and the transfer from last year, Braden Smith. Those two look to be the, um, you know, the, the X and the Y receivers. Uh, Jordan Watkins, the uh, freshman from Butler High School, also seems to get a lot of reps, possibly the starter at that third wide receiver position. But um, there's a handful of guys definitely that you need to to focus on. Josh Johnson, who's been with the program for a while, could definitely see a breakthrough. Shy Wirtz, the grad transfer from uh, Georgia Southern. Um, and uh, Tyler Harrell, the redshirt sophomore that um, clocked in a sub 4-3 40-yard dash. There's a ton to like about this wide receiving core. 
Um, we talked on Monday about Malik Cunningham's progression, and I think that that's going to bode well for the wide receiving core. Just the fact that, you know, I'm not blaming Tutu, I'm not blaming Dez, but at the end of the day, you know, those, t- those two guys deserved their targets and they were going to get their touches. So being able to spread it around might do some good for Malik Cunningham's progression, but not only him, but also for the uh, rest of the wide receiving core. So, I said, there is a ton to love about this wide receiving core. A guy that I really want to bring up that I think is going to be playing a lot of snaps, um, maybe not right away, but, you know, further on down the year, Amari Huggins-Bruce, 5'9", wide receiver out of the 2021 class, was, you know, borderline a top 500 prospect. Um, if, if you've heard me talk about him on any of the Cardinal Sports Zone podcasts or seen any of my work, you know that I, I always compare him to former Florida International and form, and uh, Indianapolis Colt T.Y. Hilton. Um, you know, the Louisville football fans truly know who that is. And, you know, when he tore the cards up back in the uh, early 2010s, I love the ability to create separation. He's only about 5'9", so not a ton of size there, but extremely, you know, shifty, makes guys miss. I I find that same, you know, mentality with, you know, Tyler Harrell, Josh Johnson, guys that are going to be able to play in the slot and, you know, really create some separation issues. Um, I guess one thing that I am concerned about is there's not a ton of, you know, guys you can throw the ball up to and go get it. I know that Justin Marshall projects as one of those guys, and I think he's going to have a, you know, a breakout season. Um, Demetrius Cannon, I'm not sure uh, if we'll see much of him in the fall, the other wide receiver from the 2021 class. But I do think um, at the end, you know, eventually he's going to be a guy who's going to be able to come in and, and compete right away. Um, really kind of just um, – you know, like I said, I think that by position, it's going to be one of the more overlooked you know, cores in the ACC just because there's not a lot of, of continuity. There's not a lot of experience coming out of that group. I think Braden Smith, he's going to have his work cut out for him. There's going to be a lot more pressure on these guys to go out and produce because you don't have those you know, all ACC guys. Uh, Shy Wirtz is another guy. There, there's a lot of speed on this in this wide receiving core that you're going to be able to, um, you know, be home run threats, but also be able to catch balls out in the flat over the middle. I think that there's a you know, an honest mixture of skill sets that this you know crew brings to the table. Like I said, Josh Johnson, a redshirt senior that has been kind of biding his time, uh, hadn't really seen the field as much over his career at Louisville so far. But I think that this is the year finally where he's going to be able to show that you know, he's he's legit. Um, and then, you know, there's a handful of all of these guys have gotten praise from different camps, you know, here and there. Tyler Harrell was the most improved player in the spring. And if, you know, he can put it together in terms of, you know, he, he hammered home just keeping his body right, keeping his body right. So, you know, you know, staying healthy, the best ability is availability. I think that at the end of the day, you know, with that speed, you know, you just simply can't teach that speed. Um, and, and, and talk, you know, talking to some people, it's very obvious that that, is translating into football speed as well. So that this is definitely the number one position that we need to keep an eye out for when it comes to Louisville for this spring. And we'll see right away, you know, who, who's going to be stepping up and who's not. And we'll talk more about them, you know, as this season gets closer for uh, just almost a month away. So, um, but one thing that I love about this core is that there's a lot of guys that could possibly step in and really make some big noise. 
you know, there's a lot. I think, you know, Justin Marshall, we talk about biding their time. You know, Tyler Tyler Harrell, Josh Johnson, and definitely Justin Marshall. Justin Marshall was a guy last year that people thought was going to come into the mix and be able to um, really have like a Seth Dawkins role of being able to, you know, go over the top and, you know, high point balls at the, at the, in the you know, at the top of the, top of the route. So, um, I think that this is really his make or break year. And, um, with, you know, with no Tutu, no Dez, no Javian Hawkins, it's going to be a by committee approach. Um, I think that what was going to open the offense up a little more just because Malik has progressed a little more. I think that, um, you know, this is the year for Justin Marshall. I think he is the X factor. You know, Louisville desperately needs a, a, a go-to receiver. I know you can approach it in a, in a by committee balanced approach, but I think at the end of the day, it definitely doesn't hurt for you to be able to go out there and have that go-to receiver that you can really rely on to, um, you know, get the yards. I, I see, Justin Marshall in that Seth Dawkins, I also like Jamari Staples, you know, one of the more underrated cards in the past however many years. Just being able to, whenever you needed a first down, you could throw it his way. You know, there's a ton of athleticism with his 6'3 frame, and it's just a matter of putting the route running and, um, you know, production there to go with it. So, like I said, we're going to talk a lot more about the wide receiving core as this season gets closer. Uh, we're going to, you know, like I said, I wanted to, in the next segment, go into the actual wins and losses of the season, and we'll get to that. But first, let me get to Bet Online AG. Now, I've talked to him in the in the previous two episodes, but it's simply too good of a deal to pass up. Bet Online AG is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing for all the baseball fans out there. You can track the action at Bet Online, or you know if you like. NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, all the latest news, odds, and info is there for your sporting needs. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as your teams prep for their respective runs to the playoffs. Be sure to head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Also, don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. Louisville football season has a very, very interesting um, appeal to it. Just simply the fact that, um, you know, like I mentioned yesterday, there's a lot riding on this season for uh, the Cards, not only for them, but for Scott Satterfield in general, being year three in his regime. Um, you know, you you kind of have to go out there and make a bowl game. Like I said, that that's what constitutes a successful season. Um, so let's break the, the, the schedule down and really predict where the wins and losses come from. Um, I mentioned yesterday it's a very interesting non-conference schedule. Um, it is um, introduced and concluded with two SEC teams. We'll begin in Ole Miss and Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta on Labor Day, and they'll conclude with um, the, um, common, the you know, Battle of the Commonwealth against Kentucky. Uh, in between that, after Ole Miss, it's EKU and it's Central Florida. So when it comes to those games, I think, like I said, you can pencil EKU in as for a likely win. So, you know, that's where one win comes from. Personally, I think that Louisville is still a little bit um, 
you know, lacking on the lines of being able to compete with teams like Ole Miss and Kentucky, especially Ole Miss with that high-octane offense. I think we're a year or two away from truly being able to compete here. I know that anything can happen in a, in a one-game setting. I personally think that um, – and UCF as well. UCF's a quality opponent, but I think that the cards – are more suited to match up with them just due to the fact you know you're not playing against SEC you're not playing against an SEC team in the trenches, and I think that you know the Cards defense has definitely stepped up. Central Florida's got some, um, you know they've got some, you know inconsistencies inconsistencies of their own. There's some questions running their offense. I think that the Cards are going to basically split the non-conference schedule. Um, they'll beat EKU, and then they'll. I'm not going to limit you know whoever it comes from. I think they're going to beat one of Ole Miss, Central Florida, and Kentucky. Um, if you made me decide, I'm probably going to say that it's Ole Miss. Um, but you know, neither here nor there. If they get one of the wins out of there, I think you know two and two. When you ever you look at you know the non-conference schedule as a whole, that, that's where you're going to be kind of sitting at that 500 range. In the ACC play, um, there are the road games at Florida State, at Wake Forest, at NC State, at Duke. And then at home, it's Clemson, Syracuse, and Virginia, and Boston College. Um, let's go ahead and rule out uh, one of the losses. Um, Clemson likely is going to be a loss, even though it's at home. I, I see that foreseen. You know, I foresee that being a loss. Um, also, I think that NC State is going to be a loss as well. So we're sitting at two and four. I think NC State's going to shock a lot of people and be one of the better teams in the ACC this season. So if you're kind of keeping a tally, you're sitting at two and four. Um, you know, I think pretty much the rest of these games are toss-ups. I know that Boston College and Virginia beat Louisville by two scores each, respectively. But I think that you know turnovers really kind of killed the momentum there when the cards definitely were within striking distance. So sitting at two and four, you have one, two, three, four, five, six toss-up games. I think that Wake Forest and Syracuse are probably going to be two of the biggest bottom feeders in the conference. So I'm going to go ahead and throw those into the win category. So you're sitting at four and four, um, four games left to achieve bowl eligibility. Um, at Florida State, I know that Florida State has definitely been projected over Louisville in a bunch of polls. A lot of the fact because um, the recruiting class is better. Mackenzie Milton, the Central Florida transfer, is um, healthy. He'll be, you know, in the Seminole Colors this fall. I think that that's going to be a toss-up. It's going to be definitely hard to go into Tallahassee and win. Um, so. Right now, um, it, but the thing about it is, is Louisville beat Florida State forty-eight to sixteen last year. I know that a lot of that kind of got you know got out of hand in a hurry. I'm going to put that on the back burner just for now. Um, so Virginia and Boston College, I think that both of these are very winnable games, both at Cardinal Stadium, um, October 9th and twenty third, respectively. I think that this is this is an opportunity to where I think. We're going to kind of go back to the 2019 form, and Louisville's going to squeak out a win or two that they maybe should not have. Um, I think that they're going to split this little you know two-game pod between Virginia and Boston College. So you're sitting at five and five with Florida State, um, Florida State and Duke left to go. I personally don't think that Duke's going to be all that good. Um, but it is on the road on a Thursday evening. Uh, both of these games on the road, um, and for 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 this exercise, I think that the Duke game is going to be a victory. Um, f- with all that I'm seeing out of you know no Chase Bryce for the Blue Devils, 
Um, you know, the, the Duke is kind of there was a couple of years ago, you know, when they were pretty solid and truly competing for, you know, a, a berth to the ACC championship game. But as of right now, it seems like, um, you know, Duke is a little bit kind of, you know, often off in the balance right now, kind of almost like Louisville, you know, seeing where the program goes. This is a very critical year um, down in Durham. I think that Louisville's going to win this game, and, and this might be a little bit of, uh, you know, me being – a little biased, but I think it's not even going to be close. I think that Louisville's going to be able to beat Duke pretty, pretty handedly. That's going to clinch, you know, clinch bowl eligibility in this little theoretical situation. And it all kind of boils down to now we look at that Florida State game. Uh, Florida State is, is where things are going to get a little interesting. You know, everybody makes this Florida State game out to be a big deal, and rightfully so. You know, Florida State is is pretty solid in terms of um, you know national recognition. Um, there is a ton of um, you know, bragging rights. It seems like Florida State has become kind of the unspoken rival uh, for the Cards since joining the ACC, and I think that it kind of stems from losing to them in uh, 24 or I think yeah 2014 when they went to the uh, College Football Playoff. Um, Mike Norvell has a lot riding on, on this season, but I think that um, you know with a normal year the the Seminoles are going to be a little tougher. Than usual. I mean, well, let's be let's be real. Milton was a Heisman contender when he was a, a night at Central Florida. Um, since Norvell took over, Florida State one of the best running teams in the country. Uh, wide receiver is going to be a little bit of an interesting thing for them. I'm not really sure if they're going to be able to um, you know put anything out there that's going to be better than Louisville's per se. Um, they did get some help on the defense especially the defensive line. Um, personally, um, I, I think that Louisville's going to win this. I, I think it's going to be extremely, extremely close. But um, at, at the end of the day, I think that the cards sneak out with this. But this is the true toss-up game on the schedule that I'm just not so sure. If you were to tell me, hey, let's flip a coin and let's just decide that way, I think that it, I think that you're you're probably on the right track. Um, and then, you know, the Virginia game, the – um, Boston College game is another one, you know, those that we're, you kind of have pinned as, okay, it really just kind of depends on w- how the teams are trending up to their health is going to be a big factor. And, you know, like I said, COVID has not gone away. So um, that that's going to rear its ugly head, or head around, you know, for teams this season, unfortunately. And um, the AAC came out today and said that, um, you know, you, you know, more penalties for not being vaccinated, you know, if a team cannot play, they're going to forfeit. And that's that just kind of shows you the I want I wonder if um, other conferences are going to follow suit of that. But um, very interesting, especially with uh, Louisville having Central Florida on the schedule. Definitely something to keep um, in mind. So we're going to switch tunes a little bit. Head over to basketball. We haven't turned over to basketball yet. Um, you know, in the first two episodes, but definitely want to touch on it now with some with some big news. But before we get to that news, I want to talk to you about this news. There's never been a better time to invest in Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and I say that you know very literally. Um, did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? plus the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. I know I am. Um, I, I'm a big fan of coconut, a big, big fan of salted caramel, mint brownie, uh, but there's also coconut almond, cherry raspberry, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, so on and so forth. 
Um, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine. Uh, most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. Um, order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you so like. Um, be sure to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that is LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So the final segment today, we are going to get into um, a little bit of basketball and kind of talking about the um, you know Louisville basketball and all that good stuff. Um Chris Mack has been a very, very busy man uh, in this transfer portal, adding a ton, ton of players. It started out with, you know, Jared West, the all-time steals leader at Marshall, got a um, veteran presence, uh, 10-point-per-game score, Noah Walk out of Florida, um, and then brought in a good amount, you know, Matt Cross, a big-time shooter out of Miami. There's, a, you know, a big recruiting class as well, Sidney Curry, L. Ellis, two JUCO standouts. There's also Mike James, Roosevelt Wheeler, so on and so forth. So there, there's a ton to look at for, for this team moving forward. They're going to be very balanced. They did have one scholarship open after taking Sidney Curry, and it looks like all signs are pointing to the cards filling that scholarship with former Colorado commit and uh, I should actually say former Northern Kentucky slash Western Kentucky or Western Carolina standout Mason Faulkner um, decided he wanted to come closer to home to be closer to family. He's from Glasgow, Kentucky, a graduate from Caverna High School down there. Um, in his career, um, is an 11 point per game scorer, averaging just under three and four rebounds rebounds and I'm sorry just under four rebounds and assists per game respectively uh, 41 32 and 78 percent shooting splits last year had um, you know ever since he joined Western Carolina I should say his averages have jumped up significantly 17.7 in 2019-2020 last year his three-point percentage has um, a you know expanded significantly especially last year 35 percent um, one of those guys that's going to be able to, you know, use not only his experience, but he's, he plays with a lot of toughness, like a Charles Minlin. I think um, body-wise, I think he's more of a of an athlete than Minlin is. But um, this is this is a solid move for Louisville, even if it's not a home run get like a Marcus Carr, like people were expecting for the Cards to do. Um, I, I'm a big fan of this move, just considering the fact that it, it's very hard to convince a guy to come in and compete for a, a starting spot that just might not be there. Faulkner is not going to be a starter. Um, Looking at what does it mean for the rotation, um, I think that right now if you had to ask me who's starting out the season in the backcourt, we're going to specifically look at the backcourt because Faulkner is going to be playing most of his time there at six foot one. Um, Noah Locke and Jared West seem to be the two starters in the backcourt, and then you have you know L. Ellis. There's also a potential to move Mike James and Trey Davis to the two uh, for a little while. Um, in certain situations, but I think that this is a this is a good uh, bet and good um, you know risk and investment on 
uh, depth just because you never truly know what's going to happen in the season. And there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, you know, three, you know, four of these guys, I mean, Louisville's backcourt is completely decimated from last year, and there's not even one star. You're, there's not one player in the backcourt that's even here. You know, Noah Locke was at Florida last year. L. Ellis was at Tallahassee JUCO. Um, Jared West was at Marshall. Mason Faulkner is at Western Carolina. You know, these guys are going to take some time to really um, get acclimated to each other and get used to playing with each other. Um, the good thing is, um, and this isn't something that we've really had to deal with truly a lot in Louisville fans is is you know seeing a brand new roster and I think Max saw the writing on the wall after not making the tournament last year that he need to go out and get the best possible roster that he could um Mason Faulkner was a guy that at the kind of like at the beginning of the transfer portal before the um I think it was either right before or right after the end of the collegiate basketball season Mason Faulkner was actually rumored to to the cards um but um, that kind of fell by the wayside a little bit and committed to Colorado before you know deciding to come home. The writing's on the wall. He hasn't committed to Louisville yet, but it seems like that's just um, something that's just waiting to happen. Um, it's going to be a good addition, just like I said, just simply due to the fact that you're adding another another veteran presence. It is not even if it doesn't work out. It's not a long term play for the future. Uh, he is a grad transfer, so. There, there, there's nothing truly to be sour about this move because, number one, um, I, I think that he's going to surprise a lot of people very solid defensively, and you can never have you know enough good defenders. Um, L. Ellis is a solid defender in his respective sense, um, and Jared, Jared West predicts as, you know, projects as one of the best defenders in the conference. Uh, Mason Faulkner, um, at six foot one, I, I would probably see is is playing more of an undersized two rather than a true point guard, but can handle the ball in certain situations. But just having that experience, especially you know making a run for the postseason and playing against you know tough teams in the ACC, it, it's going to bode well. You know, helping guys like L. Ellis, like um, you know, like Dre Davis like Mike James in their respective developments, just, you know, giving them some expertise and giving them some, you know, feedback and stuff like that. Um, but, but, you know, a, um, you know, a backcourt rotation of Jared West, Noah Locke, and then L. Ellis and Mason Faulkner after that, I, I think that that helps because you don't have to take Mike James out of position, although I think that he can play um, a good amount of you know the two-guard anyway. Uh, Dre Davis as well, I think, plays a little bit better as a three, but um, it allows you know Chris Mack and company to use guys in the, in their the, in the positions they feel more comfortable at. Um, and, and I think this just ensures that this lineup is going to be very, very deep um, I'm actually very interested to see how Chris Mack is able to pull this off and be able to play these guys and keep everyone happy. But you can never have enough guys that are uh, Power 5 level that can you know help the team because I feel like in years past, the rotation hasn't gone enough, you know, gone deep enough to where we've had to have David Johnson and Carly Jones play almost uh, 40 minutes a game just to, you know, to make things work. And in turn, that was kind of almost counterproductive for the, for the rotation and on the court because they got gassed. You know, Carly Jones even said, you know, I, I was getting gassed by the end of games. It showed in the sense of, uh, you know, not only being gassed, but trying to do too much. And I think um, although Louisville might not have a number one alpha score, Although I think that um, you know Jalen Withers might be able to kind of mend into that mold, I think that you know having such a balanced rotation and guys bringing such 
you know, unique and diverse skill sets. This is a great opportunity for the Cards, um, and there are no excuses. Um, you know, this team has to make the tournament. It's kind of like Satterfield, uh, but just a little more drastic. You know, when making a bowl game is you know the parameter for success, but in in the you know in year four of Chris Mack, you know, you have to make the tournament. I know that COVID you know cut one you know out of play, and that was the team that could have done a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, this is um, you know year four. You've added you know some of the best transfer halls in America, and um, you know we'll talk more about basketball when that time comes. But um, so we touched on the wide receiving core. Uh, also predicted the wins and losses for Louisville football and um, you know dissected what Mason Faulkner's addition to the cards should mean for the rotation. Um, before you get out of here, make sure that you subscribe, rate the show. There's been a lot of support. We definitely appreciate that. You can interact with me on Twitter at Depence underscore. The Twitter podcast page is at LO underscore Louisville. Um, so, before, like I said, before we get out of here, I want to talk about Locked On Bets. Betting on the Cardinals does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. Well, that's going to wrap it up this Wednesday edition of Locked on Louisville. Be sure to check on Locked on ACC, hosted by Candace Cooper, for all of your ACC conference news, not only pertaining to Louisville, but the vast majority of the group as well. You all have, have a good one, and we'll see you tomorrow.